Welcome to Nourished by Spinneys, the podcast which promises to inspire you to eat well and live well. I'm Tiffany Eslick. And I'm Devina Devecha. Welcome to a space where we hope to nourish your heart and your soul. On this show, we chat with leading players in the food community, from farmers to foodies, as well as health and well-being experts. It's all about engaging conversations and fresh ideas. Today, we're chatting to our Christmas tree grower, Trina Gritcher from Denmark. We've worked with her for several years at Spinney's, and I was fortunate to meet her in 2019 when we visited her beautiful farm. Um, It's been in her family for generations, and the farm is located in the most enchanting setting on the Danish coastline. That sounds fabulous. What's her farm called? Oh, I can never say the name right, so let's just ask Trina. It's Bjergskogå. Yes, and what does it mean? It's mountains, mountains, wood, and farm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But they Uh, don't have mountains in Denmark, according to Gina. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, hills. No, no, no mountains. No, no big hills. (laughs) It was really interesting to learn how she got started in the world of Christmas tree farming, of all things. And it was fantastic to see some of the videos from your trip as well and get a sense of what that's really like. Yeah, you know, we spent a few days with our videography and photography crews shooting from sunrise till sunset. Uh, Fortunately, it was the summer in Denmark, so we had lovely, long, beautiful evenings. Um, I really would have loved to be there in winter, though, with all the trees like sprinkled with snow and imagine her magical farm like shimmering with white. But um, I sent the videographers back for that. Hopefully you will get to go another time. And you don't realize it sometimes, but so much goes into this process and it's important to know how Christmas trees are grown and where they come from too. I was reading about how they follow strict EU guidelines for sustainable plant production at the farm. So that means no chemicals and they only use organic fertilizers. Absolutely. And you know, there's such a rich family history behind the farm as well. Her grandfather bought the property in the 1900s um, from a reputable farmer whose son had married a fisherman's daughter and that meant that the farm had to be sold because the son couldn't inherit it. Ooh, that's interesting. Let's start out with how Trina got into the Christmas tree farming business. It actually started with my grandfather who was a big forester and he had the farm and um, but he had only plant, it was most uh, wood and then a, a little uh, with nobody's fire, you know, the, which you can cut down, but no Christmas trees. He was only interest, interested in the nobilis. And then my father took over the farm, and, and uh, after that, I took over yeah, in 77. And uh, it was most of the, the land was the apple trees and a little with Christmas trees, just a, one uh, field. And uh, we continued like that for many years. And then apples wasn't that fantastic. And then in 98, I plant took all the fruit trees away and planted the Christmas trees from 98 it's been only Christmas trees and as a child when your father was running the farm or even with your grandfather were you always like enchanted by Christmas trees or what you know did you get involved on the farm um what are your memories of of being a child and farming actually I was most working with uh, fruit plantation because you know in my uh, vacations I could work in the fruit plantation then the nobilis it didn't have you know it was in autumn and I was in school at in autumn so 
But so it was mostly the fruit trees. And actually, I thought I was going to be an apple farmer, but um, prices went really down and, you know, it, it was bad um, economic. So that is why I turned over to the Nordman. And in the beginning, the Nordman, you could just fertilize a little and keep the weed away from the trees. And then you cut them in autumn. And then you could, you and you just cut all the trees you wanted to get out of the fields and pack them. And you just tell told the customers, yeah, we have so, so many trees of that standard. And then, uh, and also height and yeah. But uh, then more people saw that it was a good idea with Christmas trees. And now you just, to have a good Christmas tree, you have to, you start in, you plant them in autumn or spring. I normally do it in spring. Then you see to that the trees are, you know, that does not allow too much grass around the trees. They don't like the grass. The other kind of weeds is not a problem. And after four to five years, you start to, actually, yeah, when they're five years old, and you form them and you cut them from underneath so the, there's no um, um, uh, you know, branches on the ground. So the branches come away from the ground. And then you every year you put on um, a, a, a stick to keep the uh, birds away from the top so they don't break. And you you cut them every year to have the same uh, the same shape so they look like a very good christmas trees because many times trees that just want to grow and they grow wild and yeah and that's it does then it doesn't look so good and then it takes too much room also when you take them in so actually with christmas trees it's a lot of work and uh, at the whole year round now and before it was just two three times a year but now you work with them every day and see too that they are looking good and then you also have to have a little fertilizer and i give them organic uh, fertilizer so and that they like very much because they look very healthy and strong the needles so and that's the trees you get in dubai <laughs> can you tell us a little bit more about what you're looking for in like the perfect christmas tree what is it that makes it you know a great tree for for christmas for a great tree, you have to, the branches, they have to be um, symmetric and they have to be green and the needles has to be strong and um, and a, a good Christmas tree, yeah, it's, yeah, it depends on what room you put the trees in, but from 150 or 125, it depends what you would like, but we start cutting them when they're 1 meter 25 but not too many. And then when they are 175 to 225, that's the best size to cut them off. Not the best size, but it's it's good to, it has a, a perfect uh, um, height in, in nearly every room you have. And then also to 250, we have, we, you get a lot of big trees because you have big groups. Here in Denmark, we have, the houses are not so tall to the ceiling as it is in Dubai. And that's why you get a lot of nice, beautiful big trees. And I actually, every year I um, let a, a, a field stand where I produce the big 
trees for you because I know you like them very much. So. Oh, cool. And how many trees have you sent this year to Spinney's? I know we've had the first batch arrive already, but when, yeah, how many in total are coming? Yeah, you actually got a new uh, extra container this year. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't, uh, I think it's 2,500 or something like that. <laughs> and you have got some very big trees, you know, three, four, now four meters trees is coming on the last container. We are going to experience how that works. And also some Christmas rest. So, yeah, but that is from Nobelis. Yeah. Wow, four meter tree. I want that in my apartment, but it will uh, <laughs> hit the ceiling. So, no. <laughs> are you still actively involved every day with the farming? Or are you, I know you've got um, Emil who works with you. Is it still taking up a lot of your time, though? Yeah, it is actually. And it's me who is picking out all the trees. I'm look, you put on uh, the. Uh, marks on them, mark the trees which we are selling and in which size they are and yeah, and that is me who do who does that. So I'm actually very busy in the trees from summer till now. I remember when we visited, Trina has this whole color-coded system with all her tags and this very yeah, like the... impressive setup that she puts on and then she goes around like marking all the trees. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like the ultimate uh... Trina quality mark, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. There, you really pick out which tree is a good one and not so good. Yeah. So, how many trees do you have at a time on the farm? How many do you plant every year, for example? I plant uh, between twelve and fifteen thousand. It depends on the field, but you know when I, we um, we cut all the trees before we plant new. So every field has what well, we know we're not a number a name, and uh, then we uh, make it. Um, ready or you know for new plants after 10 to 12 years yeah so it's a really in for the long haul yeah where do you get your saplings from like when you these new plants where do you source those from i get them from um caucasus it's um and they're called um Ampulao. it's an area in caucasus which is called and this it has to be an ampulare we have also tried to do some of the um, uh, in Denmark, but you know, it's it's depending on what climate they are growing in. Some trees you get, well, you, the, the small plants you get, then they grow too fast and that's bad. You, so you have to have a, a plant which is growing slowly and that is the Ampularia. Also the Slugi is called, it's uh, another one. Yeah, and they're very good actually for my farm. And your farm, can you tell people just a bit about like where the farm is and why that location, you know, you you can near the sea and like why that location is so good for growing Christmas trees? Yeah, it's actually, it's near to the sea, only 500 meters from the sea. And it's very sandy earth I have. And that is what they like because then they grow slower, the trees. And uh, you also... Don't get so much um, frost uh, when it gets under zero degrees. That's bad for the trees in in spring. But they're producing, they get bigger for every year. And if they get the frost in spring, then they get, um, you know, then they don't get, they don't grow uh, symmetrically. Then they grow, they look weird. 
It's not good for selling then, because then you have one <laughs> side is perfect and the other one is not so perfect. In the... <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't have all the English words. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we don't have all the tree knowledge. <laughs> when we come back, Trina tells us her tips on taking good care of your Christmas tree this year and what nourishes her soul. That's right after this short break. Davina, let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite things, cheese. Do you have a favorite kind of cheese, though, or is that too hard a question? Absolutely. I'm not even going down that road. Um, but I know the cheese I want to talk about right now, and that's Parmigiano-Reggiano. I was in Italy earlier this year and found myself surrounded by wheels of them stacked into towers, almost like a skyline. This is at our supplier Zanetti, which is now in its fourth generation, having started in 1900 by Guido Zanetti. His great-grandson Paolo Zanetti gave me a fantastic tour. Most importantly, did you get to try both the Parmigiano-Reggiano and the Grana Padano? Yes, absolutely. I tried various wheels of cheese of different ages, and Paolo really went into detail about like which cheese goes with which dish that you're trying to serve. For a big occasion, like uh, together with... Uh very good Italian uh, red wine or uh, you know, champagne is good to have a very well mature Parmigiano-Reggiano, like a three years old Parmigiano-Reggiano. If you want uh, a product to be created on pasta, uh, like 60 months old uh, uh, Grana Padano is very good. And uh, as a table cheese or as an appetizer cheese or as a piece of cheese, I used to have a Parmigiano-Reggiano, well mature Parmigiano-Reggiano, like three years old Parmigiano-Reggiano. So the next time you're serving something special for your friends or family or just indulging in a slice of pizza or leftover pasta for breakfast, grate some of our Spinney's food Parmigiano-Reggiano or Grana Padano today. Welcome back. I'm Tiffany Eslick. And I'm Devina Devecha. And you're listening to Nourished by Spinney's with our guest Trina Grichia. I wanted to ask you about your tree knowledge, as Tiff mentioned. Um, obviously, you know, we get these amazing trees from your farm here, which, you know, people are able to put up in their homes for Christmas. Do you have any tips for, uh, you know, people who buy these trees, you know, how to make them last longer, maybe how to cut them, how to care for them? Yeah. When you, you, you uh, buy your tree and you take it home, it would be good to just to um, take a little of the root uh, like you, when you buy flowers, you also cut a little of the roots yes. to yeah, so they can uh, soak the water. And then it's good for trees if it's humid. You, if you could spray them with a little water now and then, uh, if you have a very big tree, it's difficult to just pour the water from the top, and it runs slowly down the tree. But you can also just you know with a humid with a flower it does. Dust some water on it. What do you call it? Um, spray with water. Yeah, spray it with water, and not too warm and not in the sun. <laughs> that's okay. Not, yeah. That's no go. But I know you have a lot of air conditioning in, the, in your home, so that as long as it's not too warm, they they should uh, hold for the whole month. So is it okay to have the air conditioner on? It's not going, can you keep it on at like 22 degrees and then that would be okay? Actually, I don't know how it functions with the air conditioner because now we don't have air conditioning. <laughs> but if, if it stands too near to a warming, uh, you know, uh, oven or something, then it's bad. 
or radiator. It's good to stand, yeah, just uh, not too near heat sinks. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, they're not used to the, the hot the heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know one down in Dubai, and he has his tree every year, and it just stands in his room. And But I don't know what where his air condition is. But, you know, as long <laughs> as it doesn't blow into the tree, it's yeah. not a problem. I wanted to know what keeps you doing this year after year and, you know, ever since 1977. What do you love about farming Christmas trees? Well, <laughs> well I love my – I actually love to walk around in the nature and be outside and work with the trees and, you know, and they also have a, a little smell and, you know, it, you, you, you just – follow them and when i make mark many trees i hear i listen to actually to a book but I'll, sometimes i just um, just listen to the birds and walk up and down the trees and so it's you know and yeah it's 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 relaxing in a way do you have a favorite part of your farm that you love to be on? Is there like one specific spot where you have a great view or Yeah, and we have a we have a, yeah, there's a field where there's a beautiful view over the sea and to the next island and, and that is yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. This sounds so nice. I want to go there now. It's so magical. It's <laughs> I hope it has been a little temptation. You're always welcome. <laughs> so. oh, thank you. It sounds like the perfect winter wonderland for just getting into the spirit of Christmas. And yeah. I could almost, you know, smell the trees and hear the birds as you were describing it. So, yeah, yeah. it is uh, magical. And in summer, it was it, beautiful too. So, yeah. Yeah, it is beautiful in summer too. You know, it's nice to... Well, I love to be outside. I'm not, uh, you know, I have to do my office work also, and that's quite tough because I'm not so interested in sitting inside. I like to be outside. Be a bit also because I've always been outside my whole life, you know. Well, I've been studying, <laughs> <been> but <laughs> but still um, in my older life, it's up, after I took over the farm, it's always been outside. I think yeah. there's a question that I find from a lot of people who put up Christmas trees. So I want to ask you as well, when do you put up your Christmas tree? Like how early on do you do it? And when do you take it down? <laughs> ah, you know, I put it up uh, a week before Christmas. It also, yeah, also because I've been looking at a lot of Christmas trees. So, you know, too early in the house, that's too much. So, and then I have it until the 5th or 6th of January. We have, it's a tradition in Denmark where you keep your tree to there. Well, in our home. Some, many people also take their trees out, you know, just after Christmas. But we have it, it stands until the 5th or 6th of uh, January. Yeah, then we take it out. I think there's like a saying, like if it's got to be done by the 6th, we have this at home. Okay. Otherwise, it's bad luck for the whole year. Oh, it's right. It's not done by the 6th of January. Yeah. Um, uh, you have it also too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's what I grew up. Yeah. We always had to have it done by the sixth, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was yeah. uh, obviously always the fight as to who's going to put the star on the tree, and you know all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we also have one last question. What is it that nourishes your soul? Uh, <laughs> my nourish my soul. Um, well, 
freedom. It, it's you are in a way a little free, yeah, and you can decide. And if you don't feel well one day, you just work harder the next day. So yeah, I think it's the freedom I like. That's lovely, and I think that's so true. If I think of like your farm, you have no fences because you just want the animals to roam free, and you want people to be. Able, you said you want people just to walk around. Yeah. So I think that really, exactly. it, it, you know, you echoing what is important to you. That's um, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas period, um, and I hope that you do get to relax a bit once all your trees have been yes. cut and sent and gone. <laughs> yeah. I'm look, looking forward to January. Then everything is over, and I have you know done all the work at the office and. Yeah. And go yeah, go and visit you also. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. So, yeah. yeah. Wait for the sun and you know, yeah. With sun and warm. Happy <laughs> looking. Yeah. We are missing right now. That's <laughs> oh, shame, yeah. man. <laughs> I know we're only a few episodes in, but that was maybe one of the most interesting answers we've had to our Nourish question. Yes, it's natural to mention things we care about, but it was interesting that she was focused on something we take for granted, our freedom. Something to be thankful for, perhaps, this festive season. This episode was brought to you by Spinneys and is hosted by me, Tiffany Eslick, and Davina Devitcher. We're produced by Chirag Desai, with artwork done by Michelle Clements and Jihan Youssef. You can follow Spinneys on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok for more. And visit us at spinneys.com, where you can shop for fresh produce, a variety of local and exclusive products, and Christmas trees. We're taking a short break as we head into the new year, so here's wishing you a very Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And we'll be back again in January with new episodes, more engaging conversations, and fresh ideas. See you then. 